Man, last night of the year. You get a little older and you have a lot of these. And they come quicker and they, you know, they don't get any less, um, I don't want to say emotional, you know, like I'm, like, crying about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a part of me that's just kind of like, man, another year's gone by. You know, we're getting ready to head into another year with new goals and meet new people and, and get, you know, God will kind of take us through different things. And so I'm kind of just... I don't know, it's all kind of hitting me. You know, I, I was talking to Jared last, last week. Um, it doesn't seem like very long ago that uh, we were doing services, Christmas services, down the hill. Were you guys here for that last year? Some of you? And, and we introduced the um, Nothing But The Blood song that we sang tonight last December. Who was there for that? Because I saw like two hands. I know there's more of you there. Like, we filled that thing up, it was pretty awesome. Um, did, a, did a series called King in a Cradle. Remember that? It's kind of crazy. You know, you get, you get a little older and you kind of realize that, you know, that the people you're around um, you know, are special to you. And, um, and so, anyway, I just wanted to relate that. Like, we love you guys. So, um, as we're about to head into a break, one of the things that you need to know is that I'm not like, oh, I don't have to be around the teenagers anymore. It's more like, I can't wait to get back to like Wednesday nights. And you know, some of you I'll see over break, you know, we'll like, you know, go to movies and go to Waffle House at 3 a.m. and that's awesome. And that needs to happen more often than it does. Seriously, if you're up for that, call me. I'm in. Um, um, I also, I also, uh, lately, I've been kind of uh, catching up with a couple high school friends lately through, through Facebook because one of my uh, friends posted a uh, picture of us when we were in our um, senior year and we, we had gone to, our football team went to state that year. And so he put this picture up and we just look like babies in that picture. And I know for you, a senior is like the big dog. For me, a senior in high school is like, you're still in diapers, you know, a little bit. Yeah, they're like, like, what if I told you I'm rocking an adult diaper right now? You don't even know it? I mean, listen, you, it's not like you can take a bathroom break while you're preaching. You just go. You just, that's the really powerful moments. And good! Yeah, I need that extra to like... Unscripted. Um, but seriously, my friend posted, you know, kind of tagged me in a picture or whatever, and, and I started kind of catching up with a couple friends on there that I haven't talked to since I was 18, you know, and I'm about to turn 31, and so it's just kind of crazy that the people you're around, um, one, are more precious than you think. Um, and I would say this also, the other side of that is that you go to college and you make uh, if you go to college, I mean, just I went to college, so that's my world. But if you go to college, like you make closer and stronger friends there than you ever did in high school, and uh, and you don't know how to kind of contextualize that in your brain because all you know is middle school and high school, and then you go to college and, and everything's just different. You go through um, new things together, and when you're older, things get a little more difficult and and a little more real, 
Um, you know, the consequences you're starting to learn are lifelong and not just like, well, I did this stupid thing Friday night and I went to school Monday and like, you know, it's over. You know, well, it's, it's not, you know, like, and so you go through these things with people and you, you grow these deep, lasting relationships with. And one of the other things I thought was this. And, um, you know, I'm sure no one from my high school crew will hear or see this, but um, I missed a huge opportunity to share Christ with my schoolmates, schoolmates. Because you call them schoolmates, right? Yeah, sure. Hey, schoolmate. <laughs> what shall we do on recess? Um, <laughs> you look swell today. Um, but for real, like my friends who I went to school with um, were the biggest mission field that, I, that I've ever been in in my entire life, and I missed it. Um, I was going to stuff like this the latter half of my high school career. Um, I didn't really start until I was like late into my sophomore year and it really got real my junior year. And so if you're like an eighth or you know, even a seventh grader in here, like you're way, way, way into this earlier than I was. Cause I, you know, I was going to church but didn't really care. Started caring in my sophomore year. And my last two years of my high school, you know, times like I had, I had a huge opportunity to share Christ with my friends and you have, right? It's not past tense. Right, if I go on Facebook and start telling my friends about Jesus, like I can do that, and I and I and I do that. And I try to, I try to share, you know, positive and encouraging scriptural and biblical things, and I try to, you know, but I don't have those face-to-face -face encounters because I went to high school in Indiana, right? And that's 10 hours away, and I don't see those people very often. And yeah, social media bridges us a little bit, but not that much. And you guys are going to have the same story. And I just want to say, in this series called Sent, that's what it's all about. You know, is, is every day really taking the opportunity to, to share Christ with the people that are around you. And, uh, and that doesn't always look like opening your Bible to John 3.16 and reading that to them. Sometimes it looks like um, giving them a hug when they're, when they're hurting. And sometimes it, it looks like giving them a ride when they need a ride. And sometimes it, it looks like inviting them to church. It's not, you know, just there's all kinds of different ways to, to build those relationships. But to be a sent person, a sent student, which is... Just, you know, my cards are all on the table. Um, I want all of you to be sent. What I mean by sent is that 100% of your day, 24-7, you are open to God and your life is interruptible. So that if he has a call or a mission on your life, that you snap into gear, right? It's, it's not my will, but it's your will. And so that's kind of, um, kind of a recap of the series. Um, and as we close out another year, I kind of, you know, just kind of getting sentimental. I didn't even plan that. Golly, that was amazing. <clears throat> All right. Now, I promised you a story. I promised you a story last week. And so here it is. Two, almost two years ago, um, I went to this thing called Passion. And some of you guys... Maybe not any of you. I don't know that there's anyone in here that went to Passion. Passion is this conference that happens every year. Um, last year it happened only in Atlanta. This year it's happening in two different cities. But this guy, Louis Giglio, who did the indescribable talk, which if you've been here for a long time, you've seen that. If you're kind of a, a newcomer, you know, last two, three years, you probably may not even know who that guy is. Um, or maybe you do. That's awesome. Um, he started this conference specifically for people that are 18 to 25 years old because there's a huge gap um, and we're missing out on reaching that crew. And so he started this conference and we've been the last couple years um, 
And what's awesome is that we went to Atlanta. Uh, we went with um, the first Southern crew, okay? So me and Peter kind of, we got our group into one van and headed down. And actually this, this last year, our girls uh, took a separate car. And so we had this group is kind of growing and growing every year. Um, the girls stayed in a Hilton, I think, and, and the guys and the whole First Southern crew stayed in a homeless outreach center for $10 a night, which is awesome. Um, you might have like a roach crawl in your mouth, but $10 a night, I'll take the bonus roach. I'll take it any day. Um, so you're walking down the streets of Atlanta and you're seeing all kinds of people. Mainly you're seeing passion people because there are like something between, I don't know, it's a huge range of 40 and 60,000 college students go to this thing. Huge. They, they go to the Georgia Dome and they fill the whole thing up. Um, and so, you know, it was like on, on a Saturday, the Falcons were playing. And then like two days later or a day later, we started the Passion Conference and they flipped it that quickly. And so there's just, it's just this huge, big, um, momentous event that's all about Jesus. Um, they worship and they get in the word and they worship and they get in the word and they have this big deal where they say, if we're going to gather like this, then we're going to make a big difference. And so what they're doing is they're taking up towels and socks for the homeless of Atlanta. And they're also asking for donations where all over the world, um, justice organizations will re receive, uh, you know, like money that we give. And, um, I just want to throw this out there. I didn't grow up as a very generous person. I think I said that last week. I just, you know, you all, we all have our own kind of, you know, stubbornness in our, in our lives, like whatever that area is in your life. Um, I, I, I'm, kind, I'm kind of selfish with my money. And so when it was time to give, it was like, I don't know, like I've got to, you know, pay bills. and all this. But it was time to fork over, you know, the money. And I asked God to give me a, a number. And, 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 I, and I gave that number and it was awesome. And then, and then the next day, the next day, I had woke up early, and I went to this um, food court that had a caribou coffee in it, and um, I'm kind of addicted to caffeine and coffee specifically, so I woke up early, and I took my Bible and my journal and my phone because I wanted to listen to some worship music while I was reading, because when I get away, and I don't know, it's kind of like beach camp, you know what this is like, um, you, can, you can read your Bible any day of the week, but there's something about being out of town right with with nothing especially if there's an ocean right there you know and so some of you guys do your early morning beach devotions or or even just the idea that you get to go to a service twice a day you know it's kind of it's kind of a breath of fresh air and so i decided that i would wake up early and go study at this caribou coffee and, and i had a friend that was going to come meet me actually from another state and um and, and so i kind of had my one, one earbud in and one earbud out so I could like listen out because I'm kind of jumpy and like people would be like, hey, you know, it's just, that's the way I am. Bubba scares me every day in the office. Like if I'm just walking through the building, he'll hide and just wait. Um, which these church buildings are so scary when you're all alone in the dark. Uh, anyway, um, so I've got my earbuds in. And I'm listening to like Elevation Worship or something like that. And I'm, I'm sitting there reading. And um, I actually didn't get as far um, as e even writing anything down. Um, I, where is it? There it is. 
January 4th, 2012. And I journaled this whole event because it, cha it changed me. Um, I, um, I'll go ahead and just read it for you. Because I, I was expecting to just sit down and read and hear from God and get a really good start to my day. Like coffee and Jesus and worship music. It just doesn't get better, right? So um, this morning I realized that I'm a singer and I'm a prayer and I'm a speaker and I'm a reader, but I'm not a doer. Um, my God, if I won't allow you to interrupt my life, then kill me now. If I can't trust you enough to love freely, if I can't give up my socks, that'll make sense in a second, then I don't want to sling mud on your name. So please forgive me. And that was kind of the prayer that I started um, with. I got up and ready a few minutes early to get coffee, read and journal at Caribou Coffee at the food court in Atlanta near Safe House Outreach, which is the homeless outreach center. I got my coffee, sat down, pulled out my Bible, journal and earbuds. I was waiting on Walker to come up and see me. He was supposed to stop by. I opened my journal to title it because I got a title and date it and all that kind of stuff. I'm kind of, you know. OCD. And then a man came up to me and asked me a question. He asked me if I was staying at a local hotel, and I replied that I was staying at Safe House, and then he asked me if he could have my socks. This guy uh, didn't look necessarily homeless, but he didn't necessarily look like he had a home. He was kind of, he kind of looked like he may have been homeless and just had some nicer clothes, looked clean, um, looked, you know, refreshed. Um, but there was, you know, there's some holes and stuff like that in his jacket. And, and so I, I kind of didn't know what I was dealing with. You know, and, you know, some people you deal with, like, are just kind of cracked out. And so you just don't know what happens when a stranger walks up to you. And I don't care if they're cracked out. Like, Jesus calls you to love them. You love them. But this guy um, was not that situation. Um, he asked me if he could have my socks. And I was kind of puzzled because he had shoes. And I was kind of like, you know what? Just my socks, you know, like not money, not, you know, my socks. And here's the thought that went through my head, because like I just told you, uh, passion was taking up socks and towels. So I thought I was doing him a favor when I said, uh, do you know where the George Dome is? Which it was about a 25, 30 minute walk from there. And we were walking that every day, uh, you know, twice a day, back and forth for the services. Um, it was cold, it was probably about 30 degrees in the morning. And so I thought I was doing him a favor because I had just seen a sign at Safe House, Safe House Outreach that said giving people a hand up, not a hand out, which means, you know, we're not just giving people things so that they can be lazy. Like we're helping them get jobs so they can support themselves. We're helping them find a place to live in and, and defeat their habits because that's one of the problems that keeps people on the streets is not only that they have these defeating habits, but some of them want to be on the streets they, because they, they can run – a certain life on the streets that they can't live, you know, anywhere else. And, and, and honestly, the majority of people that I talk to that are homeless in Little Rock, when I go to uh, the Under the Bridge Church, a lot of them, what I'll, I'm not talking to them, but I'll talk to the pastors there, and they're like, they have no desire to get off the streets. Like, that doesn't compute for me. They don't want to go to the shelters. They don't want, you know, because they don't want to be looked down on, but they don't want to get off the streets because they're running a certain kind of life, and it confused me. So what I thought I would do is, is I'm not going to give this guy a hand out. I'm going to give this guy a hand up. And just hear me clearly. Just don't miss any of this. I was wrong. Okay, I was wrong. Because I thought I was doing him a favor. 
Uh, do you know where the George Dome is? Because they have like millions of socks. You could have like a hundred of them is what I thought. I Like I wasn't joking. I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I was just like, you should go to the George Dome because they got a lot more than my socks that I'm, I've already worn today. You know, and I was kind of, I, I was wrong. And I said, they have a ton of socks there. I'm sure they give you a few pair. And then he looked at me with this look on his face that was like a knife in my gut. And it spoke clearly to me. I knew it. A Christian reading his Bible, listening to his iPhone, drinking expensive coffee, and can't give up his comfort. They'll give socks to an organization, but not to a human being. Because isn't that kind of funny? Like, we love to give this to these companies, right? Charity water, you know? And there's nothing wrong with charity water. What happens if a person walks up and talks to you? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. I, don't, I, I can't help you. And there's kind of a difference. There was a difference there for me that I recognized. He offered a crooked smile and walked off. As he walked off, I tried not to feel guilty. I tried to justify what I'd done. I thought of a sign I'd seen at the Safe House Outreach giving people a hand up, not a handout. Yeah, I'm helping him. He needs to work for it. That's what I thought. That was the literal thought I had. Jesus, forgive me. Those thoughts offered not a moment's comfort. My heart sank as I watched them walk away. I wanted to throw up. I wrestled with what to do next as if I had a choice. Three minutes later, I got up, threw my stuff in my bag, and went after him. I was praying for God to allow me to catch him, and I did. And uh, this happened two years ago. Last year at Passion, I went back to the same spot and took a, a picture of the, of the stairs. This is what happened. This is the place that happened. It'll be on the screen here for you in just a second. But it's, the, it's on Peachtree Street, downtown Atlanta. And it's, uh, it's the Hard Rock Cafe. And that's where I'll never forget those stairs because that was the moment like something snapped inside of me. Um, so I caught him. I ran up to him. I tapped him on the shoulder and asked him his forgiveness. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking, but I'd love to give you my socks. And it gets kind of funny after this. I'm not going to tell you the whole story because he, there was some kind of weird things going on in his head. And, he said, did I just ask you for my socks? It was only been like three minutes. Um, and I said, yeah, in the food court. Do you, do you want them? Um, and we had a very weird conversation that I'm not going to repeat because um, it kind of ex included some expletives. And, um, and uh, I sat down on those steps to give him my socks. I took my shoes off. I took my shoes off in 30-degree weather out in downtown Atlanta, which is a place I never imagined I'd be without shoes. And all of a sudden, I kind of got to feel what it was like to have my bare feet on the street. Um, and I handed him my socks. And true story, he smelled them, and he said, they're ripe, and he gave them back. <laughs> that was the funny part. Um, while all this exchange happened, he was extremely rude, and that's okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not judging him. I'm just saying that was the situation. This woman walks up and sees him smoking this tiny little like roach of a cigarette, and like he's got, he's like this little, like the he's smoking the filter basically, and she's like, hey, can I get a puff off of that? Can I get a, can I get a, you know? And she's kind of, and I'm not making fun. That's just the way she was acting. Is like, and then he cussed at her. And then he made fun of her makeup and asked if someone punched her for that was her makeup. He was very rude. He was very rude. 
She asked him five more times if she could have a drag off the cigarette. And he basically, you know, told her to get out. And, and then he said one more thing. He said, you know, one of these students gave me a Bible. It was leather bound. It was really nice. And, um, and he was kind of weird. Like there were some things he was saying that didn't make sense at all in any conversation you have. And so I'm not, it's, it's, it's no point to, to go through that right now. But um, he said, um, you know, I could just kind of tell that there's just thousands of people were walking by me. Um, and didn't really want to notice that I was there. And um, it just kind of broke me because we kind of have an us and them mindset a little bit. And you know what's funny is, is that on one, on one hand, I, I was like, God, you must be so mad at me. You must be so disappointed in me. Um, I walked the rest of, of the walk to, to the Georgia Dome, um, crying, literally crying, um, out in public, couldn't help it. Um, I'm kind of a crier in the first place. Um, I'm kind of overly emotional in the first place, but I was bawling, walking through Atlanta, my, my tears almost freezing to my face, you know, snot kind of just like dumb and dumber, right? <laughs> um, but seriously, I, I prayed the whole way, 25 minutes, all the way to the Georgia Dome, and I just thought, God, why on earth would you have me be a pastor when I do stuff like that? Why? Why, why am I on earth, you know, when I have all this nice stuff? And uh, whether he should have taken the socks or not, you know, like, I had just showered that morning, by the way. I'd been wearing them for like an hour, okay? Um, but something snapped inside of me, and I realized, God, I, I am much more attached to my stuff. In fact, I don't have stuff. The stuff has me. Um, like, someone said one time, when you're, when you're getting ready to buy something like big, like a new phone or a new car or a new house or something like that, if you're not willing to share it with someone else, then don't buy it. If you're not willing to just give it away, then don't buy it. And I thought, whoa, what if someone asks for my, what if someone needs my car? What if God calls me to give my, I can't give my car away. And that is an example of someone who's not living a radical sent life. I'm okay with giving $5 here and there. Ask me to give something that hurts me, that's probably not gonna happen. And I walked that, that 25 minute walk and I just, I just cried and I was just like, you know what, something's gotta change. And so that's what's changed to me a little bit. I'm not saying it's, <laughs> I'm not like super missionary man now. Um, you know, stuff comes up and sometimes I try to find a way to ignore it. Sometimes I try to find a way to, to run from it. But here's what I got to say. On one hand, I don't think that God was so much mad at me. I think he was like, you know what? You're growing. Um, wouldn't have been the response I preferred. But you're growing through this. This is a moment for growth. And so, guys, what I want to say is just that there's a moment where God's going to call you to be Jesus in someone's life. To be a helper, to be a rescuer, to be um, a purveyor of hope, to, to, to give away your life so that someone else can have what they don't have that you have. Um, in John chapter 1, it talks about Jesus and how real and present he was. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1.14, it's all I want to read to you tonight. John, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And I, I like the way the message words it, maybe even a little bit better. It says, um, 
it says this. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. And I like that because I see the, the heart of it. I see, I hear the word neighborhood and I think of the person next to me, right? That Jesus moved close to me. Like he came to us. Um, one of the things that I want to end off the year with is, um, is just this idea that students are always, always looking for opportunities to serve, to be sent, to be used, um, to bless people, to give away um, love and hope freely, right? The things that you've been freely given, to freely give that stuff away to because someone gave it to you, namely God. Um, I also think about the fact that what happens in here, it's, it's kind of a safe place, right? It's, it's, it's a place where you don't have to feel worried that like you're going to get laughed at for your beliefs or anything like that. Never. Um, and if you feel that tension, then I'll, I'd love to hear that from you because we need to get that straight. Um, if that's ever an issue, this is a place where you can come and be safe. But this is also a deployment unit, right, where we send you out. Um, where when you go back to your families, to your friends, to your schools, right, you get a break for a couple weeks. And so, so you're maybe not going to just go implement this tomorrow. Maybe you will. I don't know when you get out of school and all that kind of stuff. But when, when you get back to school in January, count this as a deployment unit, right, like, like a barracks, like a place that you sleep, that when it's time to walk out these doors, that you're, you're in a war. Because you are in a war, Christians. You're in a war every day. You're just, you, you may not be fighting it. Um, there's an example out of the Hunger Games, actually, that I wanted to use. Um, there's a picture in the first movie. Um, I'll put that on the screen of Katniss. And it's right before um, she goes up to fight. How many of you have seen the Hunger Games? Just curious. Okay. All right. So this message isn't going to be lost on you. Um, if you haven't seen it, then... Just kind of try to follow along. There's this moment where her and Cinna, this uh, well, Lenny Kravitz, are, are sitting there talking, and and he's he's saying, "I'm rooting for you. I'm betting on you," um, you know. And <laughs> so that the illustration is clear, I'm not asking you to go out and kill people, <laughs> right? Um, but I saw this look on her face, and this, in in this scene, if you watch it, is the most calm she looks in the whole scene. Why? Because she knows how real it's about to get. She knows that, that death is close and nearby, and it could happen at any point in the next minute. And so there's this uh, voice that comes over the loudspeaker, says, like, 30 seconds. And all of a sudden, you see this tension. Like, you, it's visible. You can see it go through her, and she's, like, you know, like shaking, and she's nervous. And then 20 seconds, and then 10 seconds, and she has to walk over and get in that thing, and then it kind of closes behind her. And, um, and then she has to, and then, like I said, it just gets real. It's just time to fight. And then I looked at a picture of, of after. Okay, so spoiler alert, she's alive at the end of the games. <laughs> you had time to watch it. There's another picture I want to show you. This is of the uh, kind of the celebration, and look how relaxed and happy she is. Now, granted, if you if you read the story, you know that she's not exactly happy, but she's glad she's not dead. Uh, but you see this moment now. Now, here's the illustration I want to bring 
to the surface. Before the fight, she was ready, like she knew that death was possible. She knew how real it was going to be. And then after, right, you just kind of like, whew, glad that's over, and you can kind of relax. The Christian life looks like these two pictures combined in this way. The Christian life has already been won for you. Do you understand that? Like, like some of you think that your guilt is keeping you away from Jesus. And the, th the fact is, is that your sins have been paid for. Your sins have been paid for. And so those of us who have this uh, propensity to run away from Jesus because we've been steeped in sin, um, he's waiting with open arms. Right? Some of us have, have the before the games, Katniss look, right? Um, because we, we feel like that we're going to lose the battle. The battle's been won. Right? The end of the book says God comes back and wins. The battle's been won. But what would it look like? Can you put the other picture on the screen? What would it look like if she, if, if we, when we left, we were that real about walking back out into the world? Okay, so it's kind of both ways. It's the comfort inside of knowing that God has already won the war. But you do walk out and you face many different battles every day. And what you do in those battles, in other words, whether you give the socks to the homeless man or not, whether you take the opportunity to share the gospel with your family or your friends, whether you take the opportunity to do what God is calling you to do. Like most of us don't know there's opportunities because we are relaxed. We don't, we don't walk out into a war. We walk out into our own lives where we get what we want, we do what we want, and our lives are centered on us. Guys, your life needs to be centered on God and his mission in your life. That's it. And so when you wake up, like, and you walk out of your house, I want you to remember this image. Because Katniss is about to go into battle, and she can't, right, not pay attention for a minute. If she falls asleep, someone has to be watching guard, right? There is a real battle that is happening every day that is being fought on the other side, by the way. Right? So if you're walking out as if there's not a battle, remember that there is a demonic army that is fighting against you and wants you to fall. But Austin, if you'll put that other picture up, here's what I need you to know. As you go into the battle, the battle's been won. The comfort of knowing that, guys, is huge. And here's why Christmas is so important, because Matthew 1 simply says this. As he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not, take fear, uh, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then the next verse is so important. It's what we're going to hinge this whole series on is this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. So yes, be tense because there's a battle out there. Be tense, and not tense, be ready as you walk out these doors. Be tense when you wake up every morning knowing that there's a battle. And I'm not talking about swords and shields. I'm talking about being open to what God has for you in that day. When a friend comes to you and needs help, um, take it as God's mission. When, when you have an opportunity to share the gospel, take it as God's mission 
right? And, and be ready. But you know what? God is with you, right? He's overcome the world. So take courage, right? God is with you. We know as New Testament believers that the Holy Spirit is inside of Christians in their hearts. So if you surrendered your life to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. Guys, God is walking with you wherever you go. There is no reason to fear, and there is certainly no reason to stiff-arm God and what he wants to do through your life. Now, here's what I just want to say. You're not going to be perfect on day one, right? Mark, the 29-year-old, 28-year-old youth pastor was in Atlanta and denied giving a man his socks. You're not going to get it right every time. I feel a lot of guilt over that, but I think that God in that... In that day and that morning was saying, you know what? We're learning. We're learning. And the next time it happens, you're going to give them, you know, don't give them too much because no one wants to see, you know, all that's under the, you know, like, just give them your socks, okay? Don't give them your shirt. No one wants to see that. <laughs> but seriously, God, God, God kind of um, just, he opened my eyes to the fact that every day, every day there's stuff happening around, happening around me that he's calling me to serve and to work and to love people. And you're no different. You're no different. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these students. Thank you for this place where we get to worship and have fun, but Lord, where we get to study your word. Lord, I want to pray for these students almost as a commissioning, Lord, as they go out. Um, and it just seems like they're about to go out into a vacation. And Lord, who knows, there may be a battle on the other side of this Christmas break. And Lord, I just ask that you would prepare us. I pray that you would give us strength and wisdom. Lord, I pray that students would, would wake up every day being sent. Not just automatically being sent. But Lord, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Lord, that we... We surrender ourselves to be a living sacrifice and that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, Lord, that we would be open to what you have for us. And I pray that we would be sent. Lord, I pray in this next year, Lord, as we move forward, that you would give us, Lord, the ears to hear and the eyes to see the missions that you're calling us to. Lord, and thank you so much for sending your son. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Guys, unbelievable. It's a sign. It's a sign from God. She's preaching when we come back, so come back for Liza. Liza Cruz.